0: And welcome to another episode of Serendipity Girl, discovering good and God. I'm your host, Colleen, and I'm on a quest to discover and celebrate things that are positive, true, excellent, and praiseworthy, which inspire me to gratitude. Now, this first segment I like to call Epicurean Adventures. As you know, I've been making my way through Joanna Gaines' Magnolia Table, Volume 1 the first one, and I recently made three cheese quiche. Now, you cannot go wrong with quiche. This has got three types of cheese in it. Extra sharp white cheddar, parmesan, and gruyere. It also has cream in it. Joanna does not mess around when it comes to the finer fats of life. She does not. I'm still waiting from thinking that if I eat the way she eats and cook the way she cooks i'm going to look the way she looks joanna it has not happened yet what am i doing wrong i'm not sure but you can't go wrong with this quiche in fact i've been making quiche since i was a teenager my mom only taught me how to make two things really before i got married she said you've got plenty of time to learn how to cook so she taught me how to make quiche which is basically it's a french dream you just take eggs and milk It's a dairy dream, basically. You take eggs and milk and cheese, and you can throw in all kinds of things. It's very forgiving. You can throw in broccoli. You can throw in vegetables from your refrigerator. You know, just get creative. But basically, it's just eggs with cheese and milk or cream, if you're Joanna. And the only thing I could make besides quiche was hot dogs. And I did learn how to make lasagna with ragu. Yes, that was my claim to fame. It was more like a cheeseburger, ragu, lasagna. But it was good. I need to make that again. But I digress. So quiche is my go-to, and you should try this three-cheese quiche by Joanna Gaines. But speaking of go-to and speaking of old faithful things like recipes that you count on all the time, you know, I like the hymns. I like all kinds of Christian songs, but the hymns are so rich in theology And we have a mystery hymn that's featured in our next segment called, Did You Know? Okay. This hymn was written in 1887 by two Americans, one of whom lived in Alabama. And it was written to comfort two former students whose wives had passed away. So one of them was a teacher. It was also inspired by a verse in Deuteronomy in the Bible. So let's see if you can figure out what it is. It's been recorded by Mahalia Jackson. She does a great job on it. Alan Jackson, the group Sela, and George Jones, among other people. Now, here is a lyric from the mystery hymn. Dun dun dun, dun 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 Here you go. Safe and secure from all alarms. Again, safe and secure from all alarms. If you guessed leaning on the everlasting arms. Ding, ding. You got it. You're right. That is our mystery hymn in our Did You Know segment. And I love the words to this. It was written, the chorus was written first, but I love this verse. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms, leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. And of course, there's so many other verses that go with it, but that's probably my favorite verse along with the chorus. Did you know that the inspiration for the song came from Deuteronomy 33, verse 27? Just a little nugget that's in a chapter in Deuteronomy that I have missed when I've read it. I can't believe it. I missed it. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Again, the eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the are the everlasting arms. Now, y'all, in this COVID-19 world that we are living in, where we're having to wear a hospital mask everywhere we go, and we're having to socially distance, and we can't even eat in a restaurant half the time, we have to get takeout, you might argue, and there's so much more than that. I mean, if that's worst you have to worry about, I can only get takeout in this restaurant. But we all know that we do have a lot to dread and fear. Let's be honest. Unemployment, lost jobs, lost finances, people getting broke, people becoming homeless because they've lost their businesses, businesses closing and losing everything they had. An uncertain election year. No matter who you're planning on voting for, we know this is a very uncertain election year. Lots of division in our nation just as people separate into basically two different camps, civil unrest that is tearing our very nation apart. And again, small business owners losing their businesses, big businesses losing all kinds of money. So what do we have to dread? What do we have to fear? You could say, there's a lot that could cause the very human, very normal emotions of dread and fear. But when the hymn writer says he remembers this following fact, that's when he says, I really don't have anything to dread or fear. It's a rhetorical question. Why? Because I'm leaning on the everlasting arms of God, safe and secure from all alarms. He's not saying that you're not going to have times where you don't feel safe, you don't feel secure, and you feel alarmed. But once you recognize the fact that you are leaning on the everlasting arms of God, and as it says in Deuteronomy, underneath you are the everlasting arms, that answers the question of what do I have to dread? What do I have to fear? So what can we learn from this simple hymn, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms? Well, there's Bible verses that support it. Every great hymn is biblically supportable. So I came up with an acronym. Of course I did. I love acronyms because they're great memory devices. But if God's arms are underneath us, if he's holding us, literally holding us, and his arms are underneath us, we can say, using the letters A-R-M-S, that God is A, always with us, R. God is our refuge. M, God is the means by which we are supported and carried through this life with its trials. And S, God is our security in an insecure world. So God is always with us, our refuge, the means by which we're supported, and our security. So let's unpack this a little bit. What does it mean to say that God is always with us? Well, how do we know that He's always with us? Well, He said so in the Bible. First of all, we know that God is eternal. Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-seven. The eternal God, not the temporary God, may be here today. May be God today. May not be God tomorrow. No, the eternal God. The eternal God is our refuge. So we know that God always will exist. Always has existed. He's always been. His name I am. He's always been, he's always existed, and he's always with us. The last thing that Jesus told his disciples before he literally flew up to heaven after being crucified and resurrected for our forgiveness of our sins, he said, lo, I'd like to think he said yo, (laughs) but whether he said yo or lo, it says lo, I am with you always. I am always with you to the end of the age. Even though he was leaving, he knew the Holy Spirit was coming. He said, If I don't go away, the Holy Spirit can't come. So he went back up to heaven, and the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost and indwelt all the Christians there. And from the moment that you put your faith in Jesus, then the Holy Spirit comes in and indwells you. So God says this is our reason to not fear. He says in Isaiah 41:10. Do not fear, for I am with you. I love that verse. So God is our eternal God who is always with us, and as he says in Hebrews thirteen five, I'm never gonna leave you, I'm never gonna forsake you. You are stuck with God. I love it. So not only is he always with us, but God is our refuge. He says in Psalm forty six one, God is our refuge and strength, an ever present help in time of trouble. Therefore we will not fear. We will not fear. He says in Psalm 91, 2, verse 2, God is our refuge and fortress. He's our God in whom we trust. And I got to thinking about the word refuge. I like to take words apart. Refuge, if you take the Greek prefix re, which means again, and the Romans just borrowed it and put it into Latin. If you take re, and refuge basically refuge it means to keep going back to or to keep going to it can mean again and again or going back to something that you've gone to before or someone that you've gone to before i like to combine them all god is our refuge he is someone that we can keep going back to and we don't have to go very far because his arms are underneath us so it's not like we're far away from God. We're in his presence all the time because again, those arms are underneath us and he will never leave us or forsake us. So it's kind of a mental picture. But you can keep going back to God in terms of relying on him. And you can keep flying back to him. I think of the Bach preludes and fugues. Fugue, I think it's the same root word. A fugue is all over the place. It's running. It's 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 the melody and everything's just running all over the place. And the re part is again. So you can just keep running back to God again and again and again. And he says that he is our refuge, which means that we are safe and secure in times of trouble. And God is just that refuge. M, he's our means of support. Not only is God always with us and God is our refuge, but he's our means of support. Deuteronomy 33, Again, those everlasting arms are underneath us. He is literally holding us up and he's not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We are secure, just like a child is in his father's strong arms. In Daniel 5.23, God is chowing down on this guy, this king, pagan king, who did not acknowledge him. And he said, Daniel says, you did not acknowledge the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. And when I say chowing down, I mean he's scolding him, basically. He's not eating him. (laughs) So maybe chow is not the word. Chide, I think, is the word I'm looking for. But God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. And I love that because whether you acknowledge him or not, God holds in his hand your life and all your ways because he is sovereign Lord. And that can be a source of comfort or a source of fear, depending on whether you're trusting him or not. And if you're trusting in him and you've come into a relationship with him as your Lord and Savior, then you've got nothing to worry about. Because that God is with you all the time. And he holds your life and all your ways in his hand. And he supports us. So not only is God always with us, he's our refuge, he's our means of support, but he's also our security. You know, my daughter, to this day, still likes to, maybe I shouldn't say that, (laughs) she still likes to touch her security blanket that she had when she was just a baby. It's got a nice little satin strip. And sometimes I think she even still you know, just sleeps with it. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. It just, it's a source of comfort for her. And God is the ultimate security blanket. And Jesus loves to use words like always and eternal. These are big words. I'm with you always, not just some of the time. I'm with you always. God loves to use words about himself like eternal, everlasting. Now there is nothing in all of creation except God and people that's going to last forever. God, his word, and people last forever. Everything else, as we are finding out through COVID-19, the things that we counted on or thought we could count on, they can fall, they can end, they can fail. And they are falling and ending and failing. And that's why this is such a crazy, crazy time. Banks are failing. They can fail. Stocks may fail. Your stock may be going down. People may fail you. Knowledge may fail you. I mean with all of our knowledge have we been able to find out a way to stop this COVID-19 yet? No, they're trying. Believe me, they're trying. But who knows? You know, maybe a vaccine is coming. Who knows? Or maybe this virus is going to mutate somehow and come up with another version that's going to be just as much fun. Not not to get anybody worried. But the point is what can you put your security in? What what's going to last? It's not the bank. Not for sure. <laughs> not for sure. It's just not going to last. Everything, Nothing's going to last except for God. But God promises in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you or forsake you. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to have trials that cause fear and worry. Do you remember when Jesus was asleep in the boat with the disciples because he was so exhausted from ministry? So they get out there on the Sea of Galilee, and the Sea of Galilee is known for having these squalls, these Tempest storms that can just come up in a moment. No warning at all. Now, these disciples were fishermen. They were seasoned sailors, most of them. They got scared. They thought they were going to die. That's how bad this storm was. Jesus stays asleep. He was really tired. He stays asleep in the storm. He's in the boat with them, But they wake him up and they're like, Jesus, don't you care that we are going to drown And he rebukes the wind and the storms. He says, oh, guys, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? You know, Jesus is in the boat with us. The eternal God is our refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. So the next time you feel worried or afraid, as I admit, I often struggle. My pet sins are worried and, and being afraid. I mean, those are the two sins that I would like to see the Lord give me total victory in. I'm a work in progress, just going to be honest here. But the next time you feel worried or afraid, ask yourself, as I will do, what have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. God wants us to lean on him like a recliner or a chair that you trust to carry you fully. Or like we said a few weeks ago, that hammock. Where you just completely trust it to hold you up. Is there anything more silly than seeing someone that's trying to stand while sitting in a chair because they don't trust the chair to hold them up? And yet we can do that with God sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I trust you, sure, sure, yeah. hmm Yeah, I trust you. But we're standing in the chair <laughs> instead of leaning <laughs> on the chair. And God is not a chair, but you get the analogy, hopefully. So You know, he's promised us in Psalm 34, 5 to never let us down. He says those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. That's a fancy way of saying you are never going to be disappointed because God let you down. It's just not going to happen. And he talks about his unfailing love. Now, not only is God always with us, our refuge and the means by which we're supported, and our security in an insecure world, we can rest in those arms. We can just rest like the toddler rests in his daddy's arms. You've seen those kids when they're fast asleep and dad is carrying them. They are out. Why? Because they're trusting in their dad's arms that are underneath them. You know, if you've never put your trust in God and what he's done for you through Jesus and his death and resurrection on the cross for you, I just invite you just to search for the book of John in the Bible or search online. And learn more about this gift of a relationship with Jesus that you can start enjoying today by reading in the book of John. It's in the New Testament. Well, that's it for this episode. A little long today, but thanks so much for listening. And if this podcast encourages you, tell a friend to tune in on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcast, and more. Until next time, this is Serendipity Girl saying, See you soon and have a serendipitous day.